In the name of Jesus, our great high priest who made the perfect sacrifice for you and for me, your fellow redeemed. If you were in the middle of a lake and you fell out of the boat and you swam like a rock, what possibility do you think you'd have of drowning? Well, let's say if, 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 the, if the lake was, let's say, seven feet or deeper, well, I think you're history. You'd be done. Your only hope would be if somebody was around and they would throw you one of those round lifesavers or if that person jumped in to be your lifesaver. But whichever form it was, you would hold on to it as tightly as you can because your life depends on it. You let go and you sink to the bottom. Everyone who has ever lived and lives comes into this world drowning. Drowning in sin that will make a sink to the depths of hell. And no one could swim, and everybody needed a lifesaver. And God sent one in the form of his son Jesus. Jesus jumped into the water of this world by becoming one of us in order to save us. And by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we know and believe that Jesus is our lifesaver, the only lifesaver that there is. The lifesaver that the writer of our text tells us to hold firmly onto for the rest of our lives. So this morning, my friends, listen to the, uh, the inspired words of our God and hold firmly to the faith that you profess. Yes, hold firmly to your faith in Jesus who is our great high priest who knows all of our needs and intercedes on our behalf. The writer to Hebrews emphasizes quite often Jesus' office as high priest. Something that his hearers would have been well acquainted with. They knew very well the duties of the Old Testament high priest. The main duty being he had to make sacrifices again and again for his own sins and the sins of the people. Now, as high priest, Jesus did the same, but his sacrifice was much different than the other high priests. You see, Jesus did not have to offer sacrifices for his own sin because he didn't have any. And the sacrifice he offered was himself, a sacrifice that had to be made only once as we read in Hebrews chapter 7. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins, and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For Jesus to make a sacrifice that was acceptable to his heavenly Father, he had to become one of us. Jesus, who is true God, had to become true man. He had to experience the same things that we experience. And he did. For example, at the end of the day, he got tired. He knew what it was like to to be hungry, to have his stomach growl. As we heard in our gospel lesson, the devil tempted him in many ways, and I really believe that the temptations he received were more intense than any any we do, 
because the devil was trying to prevent him from completing his mission of paying for the sins of the world. Jesus knew what it was like to be sad when his friend Lazarus died and he wept. He knew what it was like for people to get angry at him, talk up behind his back and call him names. He knew what it felt to be lonely as he stood before his accusers and before Pontius Pilate, hearing the crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him. He knew what disappointment and hurt was when some of his closest friends turned their backs on him, betrayed him, and denied knowing him. He knew what pressure and stress was as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane and humbly submitted to God's will. He knew what it was like to be falsely accused and have uh, people tell lies about him. And he sure knew what pain felt like as he was beaten, whipped, and nailed to a cross. He knew what it was like to be humiliated, mocked, and laughed at. And he knew the pain of being abandoned by his very own father and feeling the full force of his anger. And all of this is why the writer of, of, of Hebrews wrote in our text, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. See, when it comes to lives here on earth, the only difference between our experiences and Jesus' experiences is that he went through life without sin. We don't. So the next time we're tempted to, to think or say, you know, God is up there in heaven where everything is perfect and glorious while we're stuck here on this battlefield in a sinful world. He has no idea what we're going through. No idea how strong and hard it is for us to resist the devil's temptations. He has no idea about all the mental and emotional stress and pressures that we face. No idea about the anxiety of not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. No idea how cruel people are. Jesus can put up his hand and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Hold on there. You're wrong. I know what you're going through because I too walked on this earth. I know that it's hard. And I know what you feel and how tough life can be because I've been there and done that. And that there's a pain that, that I experience that is more intense than any that you'll ever have to feel. The pain of my own father abandoning me and punishing me with the, with the pain of hell. See, Jesus, our great high priest, knows firsthand what's going on in our lives. And he cares. That's why the writer uh, says, hold firmly to the faith you profess. You see, faith in Jesus is a gift. A gift of grace from the Holy Spirit. A gift that we cannot uh, earn or deserve. It's a gift that's given us through the power of the gospel. A gift that is more precious and valuable than anything else in life. For it's a gift that gives us forgiveness and salvation.
a gift that we must never take for granted, but hold firmly onto it and not let go. See, faith is a gift that makes it possible for us to do what the writer says. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I mean, just think about that. We who are sinners can approach our holy God's throne of grace and not be scared out of our wits. And how can that be? How could a holy, would a, why would a holy God even want to be near us? It's only because of the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. It's only because the Holy Spirit has brought us to faith in Jesus and made us children of God. It's only because our sins have been washed clean in the precious blood of Jesus. It's only because Jesus performs another duty as a high priest, and that is he speaks to God on our behalf. The high priest who, who offered the perfect sacrifice to his father makes it possible for us to approach God directly with boldness and confidence as often as we want. What a blessing. And we approach so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, the writer urges us to approach God's throne often in prayer because our high priest knows how tough life in a sinful world is. Maybe you're going through some major worries right now. Maybe you're still hurting over the loss of a loved one or maybe the loss of a job. Maybe someone has hurt you by something he or she said or did. Maybe you're dealing with a sickness that you're not sure is going to get better. Maybe you're struggling with alcohol or some other addiction. Maybe some family members are just going through a rough time. Maybe you're dealing with some anger that's just been building up inside of you. Maybe some past sins still haunt you. Jesus knows what you're feeling. He knows what you're thinking. And he cares. And that's why he says, bring all your worries, all your fears, all your tears, all your struggles, all your, all your pain, all your guilt, all your sins to God's throne of grace. Here is where you will find help in time of need. Here is where you will find strength to deal with all the troubles in life and to deal with the temptations the devil throws your way. Here is where you'll find the comfort of God's grace that assures you that all your sins have been forgiven and that heaven is yours through the perfect sacrifice that the, your great high priest offered. So hold firmly to the faith that you profess. You know, there's a lot of things in life that are, are worth and are valuable to hold on to. Uh, our, our spouse, our, our children, our friends, our jobs, our good health, and you could go on and on and on with that list.
But at the top of our lists needs to be Jesus, our great high priest. And the saving faith the Holy Spirit has worked in our hearts. You see, the devil's still out there. And the temptations are going to keep coming again and again that our faith, useless. Our faith, worthless. God doesn't really care. He's not going to help. Prayer is a waste of time. And when it comes to salvation, you don't need Jesus. Remember this. The devil is a liar. The father of lies. Jesus is our great high priest who has made the ultimate sacrifice on that cross of Calvary where he won our forgiveness and our salvation. And being true man, he knows what we're going through. And he cares. He really does care. And as high priest, he's now in heaven, interceding on our behalf to our heavenly Father so that we can approach boldly and confidently to receive the blessings of his mercy and to find grace in our time of need. And so, my friends, hold firmly to the faith that you profess and never let go because there's nothing in life worth, that is worth losing the salvation that your great high priest has won for you. Amen.